If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tears start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up to date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Riftwake Podcast. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Realms, the 5e DD podcast where we discuss all you need to know about world building from gods and demons to mountains and molehills. I'm Nathan the Dungeon Master and Creator of Riftwake. I'm Josh, your co-host, fellow Dungeon Master, World Builder, and Fantasy Enjoyer. So today we'll be talking about people of power. So Josh. The power of the people. Whoa. Communism. Let's go. Um, <laughs> uh, Rise up! <laughs> Workers of the world, unite! <laughs> so, so let us talk about... Um, you know, talking about, uh, you know, communism, let's talk about um, uh-huh, yeah. positions of power, because that's relevant, right? right, right. All right, I so know when communism. the bourgeois are going to be overthrown, what needs to happen is a fundamental replacement of how we think about working capital. Am I right? Uh, Am I right, everyone? So, Josh, <laughs> can you explain why the people are starving? Okay, moving on. Um... <laughs> Um, yes so positions of power um are kind of these subcategories usually of other parts of your world building um if you have an important religious institution well someone needs to be heading that religious institution if you have a monarchy you have to have a king yes the, Um, the war god pope the war god exactly pope? yeah <laughs> pope julius um if you have money you need a powerful merchant or someone who controls the money and stuff like that um and sometimes you just have people who are straight up demagogues um you know people who sway people just by power of their charisma and so they hold an important place in your setting, and they might even hold an important place in the mind of the or in the existence of the world, and also an important place in the minds of your player characters. Yeah. So, what categories? Let's just just go over the first category: political power. Mm-hmm. 
What, uh, what is political power, Josh? So political power is basically how you can get the ideas of your systems, like, for lack of a better word, government rules and everything like that towards the players. Your political positions of powers can be anything from, like, low-level bureaucrats to kings and dukes and uh, council members. Um, they are the kind of movers and shakers of the political map mode of your world, as it were. Political map mode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, You've played dude. map painting games before. There's always the political map mode. The one that's actually usable. <laughs> so, how do these people uh, play a part in, like, say, a, if a party interacts with someone with political power? Uh, how does that add to your setting or add to interactions with uh, your characters? I personally feel like having interactions with these political positions of power um, it's it's possibly an obstacle to put in your players' hands that can't be solved with murder kill every single time. Oh, really? Um, that, no, no. I know, we, right? We all know <laughs> that killing the person with the policy means that the policy doesn't happen. Because oh you see, you see, doesn't it make sense if there's a guy that's saying we should, we should, uh, let's say. All fence posts need to be painted white. If you kill that guy, nobody's going to be like, hey, maybe he was right because he got killed. No, no, no. Everyone's going to be like, ah, he got killed. Uh, I guess that's not a thing anymore. Of Whoa. course, these tyrannical policies were underwent by a single individual and the entire system of people that he had in place under him that executed on his authoritarianism will disappear. Exactly. This is why I advocate <laughs> for killing everyone that you disagree with. <laughs> Moving on. Um, but yes, so this is a kind of a an obstacle you can put in your player's path that kind of functions as a how do your characters interact with the actual world around them? Um, you know, it it gives you an opportunity to kind of put injustice in the world and be like, sometimes that is just the way the world is. And a lot of the times players will come into conflict with that. Um, and I mean, like, you're making, generally, our characters or are, like, both in-game and out-of-game are relatively transgressive figures. Um, it's not very often that I've had my players fundamentally on the same side of every single person in power that they've ever met. <laughs> um, and that's because politicians and bureaucrats can be just as shitty as any bad big bad evil guy <laughs> their just scope is a little bit more limited um and then i believe we do we want to talk about how political figures in specific might have direct or indirect command of a party sorry about that uh what were you talking about oh i was i was asking if we wanted to talk about how uh political power uh might have direct or indirect command of the party right yeah that's certainly true that could be a possible way that you could um 
make this like make a certain campaign in your setting where for example uh let's say that your party is a crack team of military fighters like like you're under the military or something and then there's this like high general guy that's like yo you know what would be amazing if i have my personal my my own personal strike team that would be very cool and then he 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 gets you guys uh to do shit mhm very epic <laughs> very very cool very epic Imagine um, being like, yo, I don't like those people. Let's kill them. And then you, you have <laughs> people under your direct command. <laughs> the government tells you it's okay, and that makes it allowed. Exactly. <laughs> and then you later realize that he's not actually allowed to do that, and you're all <laughs> going to be executed. Whoa. Oh, she. <laughs> how exciting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of like an example of how politics political power can directly or indirectly command the party um you can have an entire campaign an entire book series on how these characters are basically directed and influenced by a commander or a king or a duke or a I mean, king duke. really anyone a king duke a duke named king and a king <laughs> named duke whoa <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, there's not only this like direct command that these political figures might have over the parties, there's also indirect, um, just by virtue of being of a higher station, um, the characters cannot disobey them willy-nilly without consequence. Um, wait, and wait, I feel like... what's stopping me? You know, let, let's say <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not happy with my employer, I, I don't like him. What, what's stopping me from being like, no, fuck you. Um, I'm not going to do it. Nothing. I mean, if you well, want to think about it, technically nothing. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of Mostly cool. it's the value you have on your job. Right. <laughs> and your willingness mm. to lose it. I mean, I'm very willing to lose my job here right now, like um, that I've been mm -hmm. doing recently. Uh, if you lose your job in the military, do they just execute you? Or do you just get sent back home to mom? You mean me? Yeah. Yeah, Are you talking you. about me? Oh, right. Yes. You, you know, you know what happens. Uh -huh. Um, we get shuttled around doing other shit, and if they can't, if if you can't do the thing that they want you to do, and then <laughs> if you if you're like, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna stay at home. And then, uh, guess what happens? They send jail you to time. jail. Whoa. <laughs> Till it's all its time. Fuck me. Um, but yeah, that that's that's always fun. Can you imagine if you're like. Hey, maybe I don't want to do yard as what are you gonna do to me? Next next scene is literally So guys, um you're stuck what are y'all in, in jail. for? <laughs> it's like so my boss was like, Come on, kill those innocents and I'm like, no, and then he's like to jail with you and then Yeah. And I'm here in jail. That was surprising. He actually acted on his threats. That is new. <laughs> Yeah, and with political power also, um, there is a possibility that one of your party members or one of your characters are under the influence of this political figure. Ooh, under um, the influence. I like that. Mm -hmm. Because uh, someone in the party cares about them, like a father figure or an actual parent. 
Um, yeah, my dad's the king. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the noble background is there in D&D for a reason, and it is to have an in with a possible influential figure <laughs> that comes to play. It's just like, have, have you guys ever noticed that you know, one of our party members always seems to be related to the nobility. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what are the odds? So weird. Actually, one of my character was actually related to some nobility in a couple of my campaigns. And it ended up mattering. Well, which felt cool. cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, introducing backgrounds and having people in the backgrounds that the party cares about and wants to see succeed or wants to see fail. Ooh, they care much more about wanting to see other people <laughs> fail. Oh, they love it. <laughs> like, fuck um, that guy. Fuck that guy in particular. It's like, okay. Um, so... You know how we're not affiliated with anyone, but you know the D Duke of Dukington? I don't like that guy, so... We're particularly unaffiliated with him. Yeah, so like, um, I know he has this guy that he doesn't like, which is the Earl of Earltown, and um, well... My new mission is to make the Earl of Earltown in charge of the Duke of Dukington. Exactly. <laughs> Also, by the you, way, this is you'd be amazed how fueled people are with malice. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, by the way, guys, this is a very scripted show. We we come up with the best names. I've on, had the Duke the, of Dukington in the chamber for months. We've, yeah, we've just been, been waiting yeah, to waiting, use him. waiting for. Him. So, <laughs> <laughs> moving on from the political stuff, let's talk about something that's actually just pretty much politics, but slightly different. Religious. Yay. Religious ooh, power. Ooh, ooh. Yes, yes. Uh, as a native religious person, Josh, <laughs> what would you, what'd you like to say? That's her native religion. You mean only religious person? I like yes. looking around. <laughs> it's like, yes, um, it's you and me, Josh. <laughs> so, yeah, religious positions of power are very, very similar to political ones because in a lot of these sessions... Or they in are a lot of old, these... <laughs> old men. Whoa. Whoa. I made a progressive joke. Very, very new. Um, <laughs> but in, in a lot of settings, religion and politic and politic, politics, politics, and a lot of these settings, religion and politics are pretty closely tied. Um, mm -hmm. They might have some intersections of power where like, you know, cardinals are actually political figures in their own right or popes and stuff like that. Um it depends on how in-depth you want to make the interconnections between religion and politic politics. Um, if we want to go like old-school medieval, where functionally cardinals were just barons by any other name who were remember, in charge of a small section of land. You remember that one time when people believed when you said, oh yeah, the king, king sanctioned by God, yeah. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. Fun. Yep, where the Pope had to be the one who crowned you, or it didn't count because only like, filthy heathens could crown themselves because they weren't whoa, ordained by God. Whoa. God, Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, religious guy. Yeah. Do, do your religious thing. <laughs> Keep talking religious stuff. Um, so. 
religious positions of power are really how the party and how the world interact with the divine. Come, come to think um, of it, that's actually something of a point. You don't often see really religious characters, I feel like. Like, it's not, I don't feel like it's played out as much. I feel like a lot of the times religious characters in uh, campaigns that I've personally witnessed are usually just like nice clerics who are there to help people and using religion is like the best way to do that. Um, people tend to shy away from like fanatics and um, stuff like that unless they're to function as antagonists. <laughs> Come on, we, we all need a religious fanatic in our life. It's 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 the way of the world, Josh. We all have that uncle. <laughs> we all have that uncle, you know? Um, but yeah, a lot of positions of power for religious individuals are going to be how your characters and how the world at large interacts with the divine. If the divine is particularly active in your world, then the higher up members of the clergy are probably going to be almost revered as like demigods or prophets or like messenger of messengers of the people. Oh, just slight tangent. My favorite thing is like, Oh yes, this demigod priest guy. And he's like, ah, he's talking to like this demigod who just revealed himself, but doesn't believe him. And it's like, ha, <laughs> huh, you can't be my religious power. And it's like, Ooh, show me something <laughs> that I can't do. And then the, demigod guy's like okay let me do some really cool divine magic thing and then oh sheesh he's the real deal i don't oh, fucked up <laughs> i don't i i fucked up Ew, imagine having a wife gross I'm a, I'm a sad lonely man anyway how are you guys doing i'm, I'm busy talking to myself my co-host is gone gonna wake up his wife I'm busy um uh surfing surfing a web. Have you ever thought about web surfing if it was like actually a web? That would be very cool. Be like sticky stuff. Be sticky and cool. This is why I don't record things by myself. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. My wife asked for 10 more minutes. <laughs> I, I, I spent the past, uh, the entire duration of you being away, monologuing uh -huh. and, and talking about random shit. Let's move on. Okay, I was gone for like 30 seconds. <laughs> exactly. I was monologuing for 30 seconds.
there gotta you go. fill the air, you know, on radio, live, live television, <laughs> live radio television, <laughs> live radio, live on podcast. <laughs> We're doing it live <laughs> right now. You can't see it, but you know we are. Um. So. Religious characters or religious institutions might have direct or indirect control of the party by, uh, you know, your party being functionally paladins of a specific religious order. Um, it's possible that, you know, one of your characters is a member of this religion, and so the deacon of his diocese might be someone who can exercise control over them Ooh. basically threatening divine justice if that's, they don't do what that's they're told kind of cool though can you imagine like uh if the plot of the campaign is like okay we gotta fight again like we gotta we gotta stop this major religious event and then like bad that because bad things will happen and then one of the party members is like actually a member of that religion and he's like yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. Like, like, I can't, but I understand how it could be bad. But you know, mm -hmm. I'm put in a bad position here, guys. Oh, I know all they're... the people here, and then they're rec they're recognizing me, guys. Help! <laughs> they know who I am. I I I know I know I know that guy. I had nephew. I had, I, I, had <laughs> I had dinner with him the other day. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah. All of these are basically to fill out um, these m important, powerful positions that characters are going to want to see and interact with or work for or work against. They're kind of like a combination of your character's loved ones and evil guys that can't always be solved with okay well i'm just gonna use overwhelming violence <laughs> they're not usually completely villains although you can center your entire campaign around a villainous politician or a villainous religious figure or Wait, villainous you're telling me you guy. can't kill a religious person and not mater how do you pronounce matter mater fuck fuck how do you pronounce the m word saying. The M word, you know, the, the the one that's like you make them into like a thing that's like a like a thing. Like you a, turn them into a thing that is a thing. Like like the a thing martyr. Here. Yeah, martyr. Yeah, I can't pronounce. <laughs> Thanks. A matir. <laughs> a matir, man. A martyr. Yeah. Yes. Generally, making a martyr out of someone galvanizes It's a good thing. People. It's a good thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> we all agree. That's well, why so we should make martyrs of more people. I suggest we martyr everyone. We murder <laughs> everyone. Yes. Can you really galvanize the populace if there's no populace left? I don't think so. Seems short-sighted. Ah, damn it. <laughs> um, what else makes we're going people to be talking powerful? about big, big dollar signs. Dig, dig baller bills, man. Dig, dig baller deals. <laughs> Um, deals. <laughs> <laughs> um, lots of gold pieces in their haversack of holding. Um, yeah, money people having money, like being an influential tradesman, being a wealthy 
normally these characters are like businessmen or business guild men. owners. We that, all know like, that businessmen have never done anything evil. Of you know? course. And, and no, yeah. nobody who's ever owned a business has ever committed a crime, actually. Right. I'll have you know. I mean, Nor have their underlings commit crimes for them. Exactly. I mean, technically speaking, I am a business owner. Fuck. <laughs> Help. Help see. <laughs> I'm, part of, I'm part of the communist thing. The, 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 you make the B, like the B word. $3 a month. Exactly. <laughs> that, I you know, that's a business, man. It's still a business. Think about it. I'm fucked. <laughs> They're coming for me. remotely self-sustaining. Help me. <laughs> Like none of my employees have an ownership stake in my company. I don't like pay my employees. Mates. Fuck. I'm gonna. I'm, com- I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. Yeah, the death. guillotine is ripe and ready for you. I'm sharpening it right now. Can you imagine if if somebody was like, "Hey, come to my business. We we pay you an exposure, and um, it's not really exposure. And uh, um, yeah, you just kind of get to hang out with me, I guess." I'm uh I'm sharpening the guillotine as we speak. <laughs> you take your exposure to the grave with you. <laughs> Welcome to the Redwake Podcast. I'm gonna expose your next stub to the whole world. That's what I'm gonna exposure over here. <laughs> oh no. no. <laughs> Alright. So rich people That's have money. <laughs> to make the party do okay. stuff. Right. Uh, whether that is, uh, you know, more of your duplicitous industrial sabotage and espionage, Ooh. or just like, I need you to transfer this trade caravan from point A to point B because the route is super dangerous. Um, I don't know why, but I just thought of a really fun idea which is mm-hmm. have a very rich person be sexually attracted to one of the party members and always hire the party members as their escorts you make sure to get that a-okayed with the player before <laughs> doing that just as a forewarning to everybody that is listening here don't just flirt with your players unless you think they're gonna like match your energy and have fun with it that um, is something I agree, but because that's it's still a, a fun really idea. quick way to make things <laughs> gross. It is though. <laughs> it would be very fun. It'd be hilarious. I agree. As long as everybody's into it, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. That that would be very very. I mean, you don't want to start like randomly flirting with a player character and then be like, "I'm so wildly uncomfortable with the energy <laughs> we've brought into this studio." It's like I am uncomfortable. You are in- are uncomfortable. We all are uncomfortable. <laughs> this was a bad idea. <laughs> I, I regret everything. <laughs> I'm realizing now, as we've Why begun this we conversation, don't do this. I don't know how to flirt with people. I have not spoken to a real person in five months. I should probably not talk about your character's butt like this, but <laughs> I'm not even seen a real butt. I don't My eyes are closed. Are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if that's something you think your players would like, by all means, ask them about it first. <laughs> do, do you like butts? How does your character feel about 
a light Buds. choking. A light choking. <laughs> <laughs> Back on money. <laughs> the engine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's how people with money exercise direct or indirect command of you. Normally, it's by throwing their weight around, throwing their influence around, and throwing their money around. Um, normally, they'll influence the party indirectly by um, like funding their enemies or refusing them. Like like if they're if they're antagonistic, uh, funding their enemies or um refusing to take the party on um because like it's just bad business to have them around just bad business in quotation marks um that's a cool good quick way to make your players dislike someone really quick is have their name come up in a way that is um just antagonistic to you not necessarily that they're like hiring people to kill them but it's like, hey, you're making this job way more difficult for us than it needs to be because all the good jobs have your name on them or your guild's name on them, and you won't hire us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, money stuff. Next up, money stuff. I imagine utilizing money to exercise influence on, uh, on people. I, I do have to say, like, you can create like this money man guy, and then one of my personal favorites is when they try to like let's say a character is very passionate about something, right? Like maybe what? they think that their hometown shouldn't be uh, demolished for this new fancy road they want to build. I don't know. That's not how fantasy works, but fuck it. The, the <laughs> magic road that want to build through their hometown, very epic. Maybe they're not too into it, and then they're like, yo, let me send you some of these shiny gold pieces your way. You know? What, how about that? They'll be, they'll be good, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can like, make a, another house. What does it cost? Like 10 gold? And then my, my favorite idea of like having a situation with a money person there is to have mm-hmm. someone be like, I don't want your money. Fuck you. Get out. <laughs> I don't like you. I don't like your money. You can get out of my... If you ain't talking money, then I don't want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, moving on. But, but that is actually a good way to introduce someone as kind of like an antagonistic force is... Kind of a dick. Have someone, have someone show up who thinks that they can buy something that is important to your character. Um, can I buy your kid? Yeah, not like that, but <laughs> it's like... Oh, this person's coming in and they want to tear down your ancestral home to make a tavern because it's a nice part of town. It's like, oh, um, so you guys have this, have worked endlessly and now you have like this home base. And then at some point in the future, it's like, so we're going to buy this area, this land. Um, We need you to go get out. We'll pay you or something. And then you're like, no, this my place. Get out. Go away. And they're like, we can make life very hard. <laughs> That's a good way to make someone an antagonistic quick. Have them threaten your mom. <laughs> your mom? <laughs> <laughs> or even not even necessarily like the actual mother of your characters. 
But if someone threatens your actual party real mom, life mom, your actual real life mother, the DM like, breaks into your house and says, "I'm gonna stab your mom if you don't get on this quest." <laughs> oh my god, that's brilliant! <laughs> Talk about railroading. <laughs> oh shit! It's like you're like you know my DM keeps on railroading me. It's it's so annoying. I. Like whenever I try to do anything, well, you know what, my DM, he has a he has a fucking gun connected to a Wi-Fi signal. If he presses a button on his computer, it will shoot my mom. So shut up. Every time I go on a wild tangent about something, he threatens to pull the trigger. <laughs> so, next up is a person of the people. Now these are. A lot of fun. Mostly because, like, this type of person is exercising their influence by sheer popularity, charisma. Pop- oh, pure yeah. charisma. Like, charisma. Um, this person is in a position of power because uh, people like them or support them or agree with them in some way or think that they agree with them. And given enough time, usually this person of the people will become a money religious or political figure in the city. Mm -hmm. Uh, Depending upon how it is that they are swaying the people on their side. Um, These can be really anything that you want. It can literally be anyone from like a particularly charismatic nobleman who um, feels like he has been basically his birthright has been stolen from him to a religious prophet who is basically developing a larger and larger fervent following. Um, these people, persons of the people can be protagonists or antagonists in the party story. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times, if your player characters are someone who has connections to existing power structures, um, they're not going to like the person of the people, um, mostly because they can upset balances of power in ways that you know, other people can't. That's kind of an upsetting, man. Exactly. It's upsetting to someone who has religious power that someone is coming in and threatening Yoink. the status quo. Mine now. That's why Martin Luther was a real son of a bitch. <laughs> Indeed, I agree. Whoa. Oh no. I, I I think that a person of a of the people is someone that is a very fun card to play. In any setting, because they are typically the sign of change or some mm-hmm. movement in a world. Where, for example, I very often in settings you see uh, most of the world events be re- revolving around oh, like Kingdom A is at war with Kingdom B, or some great mm-hmm. calamity has happened, or some uh, you know, that kind of idea, right? Mm-hmm. It's like some monstrous threat, but what if it's just like something more real to life, where there's like a, you know, people 
don't like the way things are working around, like the, the way that the system works, and you're like, hey, you know what we should do? Let's overthrow the, 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 the you know, the, the ruling people, hey? That sounds like mm -hmm. a plan, yo. And then the ruling people are like, but I like ruling. I go, I'm going to have to stop you, bro. And then it's like, yeah. That, that's that's a, actually something I would like to see mm -hmm. in the setting at some point where it's like, oh, let's overthrow some nobility. With so many settings, we have a tendency as world builders to make things feel like things have been this way forever. When, in the grand scheme of things, things change all the time. Look at a world map from a hundred years ago, and it is wildly different from no, the maps of the, the same, world we have like, today. The, the, there's the same big land land mass here, and then over there, uh, as you can see, Europe is still Europe. Already. Yes, exactly. Good. Asia is. <laughs> what about like? Look, Asia. It says here. You know? <laughs> oh my god, look, it says Asia. Africa is still poor. Um, moving on. Uh, Funnily enough, Africa is very rich. It just has all of its mineral wealth extracted and shipped to other countries. Well, no, anyway. no, 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 let, let's just glaze over that. That's unimportant, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... But yeah, that that's certainly something that could play into one such... Uh, aspect of your settings uh storyline or like time period where mm -hmm. there's a larger movement at hand where you know people decide that they want certain rights they don't like the way they've been treated um there's a certain like the, the general person is not happy and then well it's better to have someone at the head of a mob than just a uncontrollable mob so yes <laughs> And generally, whenever you have this single person in charge, it makes it easier to direct your party in their direction. Um, because there's someone that they can talk to that a representative. is representative of the movement as a whole. Um, yep. I know in real life that might not be 100% true to form. A lot of grassroots movements don't have just one person you can talk to to get a vibe for the entire movement. Um, but this is fantasy and sci-fi and world building. It doesn't have to be 100% perfect true to life. It needs to be good for moving the plot, the story, and the world forward. Great. <laughs> So, let's see. What else? I think what we have left for this particular episode is uh, falling from grace or falling from power. And what kind of narratives form as a result of these. Even, I mean, you know, we will have falls from grace and falls from power that are specifically due to party and player and personal interactions. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the party uncovers a note that basically ruins a clergy member's reputation or something like He's that. He's diddling the kids. Oh, sheesh. But no, it's normal here, actually. That one. <laughs> but normal no one's eyes, surprised. Guys. No one's surprised. Everyone's been watching and enjoying We Know. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, cursed church. 
<laughs> it's a bad church. We don't like those churches. Um, the power vacuums that form as a result of a fall from grace and who fills them are usually just as interesting as how the person falls, right? Um, when, when a duke or a monarch dies, usually there's a huge power struggle. And I know that hasn't been a thing for us in the last hundred or so years, um, because we got rid of all of our kings in this world. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we still do have kings here and there, you know. Yeah, mostly we just we just call them. But most things. of them are most of them are just kind of like political figureheads, more so than actually anyone with power. Right. Sad I'm talking about like old school, truly authoritarian kings, dusty, who, dusty kings, <laughs> dusty kings. I, I don't know why. Whenever I, I think of a king, I, I just imagine they have this like like dusting of dust. <laughs> a dusting of dust. A dusting of dust. As opposed to what other type of dust? I don't know, a coating of dust. <laughs> it's, they're not lightly dusted, they're deeply dusted with dust. They are positively snowed in by the dust. <laughs> Absolutely wrecked by the dust. Uh, the, the important thing about these positions of power is that a lot of the time they're fluid. Um, just because the party you know, defeats the deacon doesn't mean a new deacon's not going to be assigned to the area just, anymore. Just defeat them all, you know? You just keep on defeating <laughs> just, them. Just They'll over give up. and over just, again. Just be like, hey guys, maybe we should stop sending them deacons. And it's like, oh, I didn't think about it. Um, but those kinds of things also get a feel for the scale of the world. And um, as more and more people kind of fill in the gap, as a result of the things your characters are doing, um, they're going to be noticed by higher and higher ups, and that makes for good scaling. Um, your level one party is not going to change the world, but they could change something small, and that something small might spiral into something well, big. It's like you. Yeah, okay. So guys, as level one party members, you are currently uh, working at this coffee shop. You made the coffee wrong. You ruined the man's day. Whoa. And then the next day... Okay, so the words on fire. Um, <laughs> The king's dead. And uh, you lost you, you lost your home because they burnt it down. So yeah. You have no one to blame but yourself for that bad you, coffee. Your fucking coffee. <laughs> Right, so fall from power. Yeah. But I would say, like, having a fall from power is also something that can add to a world's long-term viability slash um, interest, because people who fall from power tend to have certain, you know, attachments, one might, one might say. <laughs> Imagine that. Just imagine it's like, oh, one day I'm just like, okay, I'm li I'm here on my my uh, fantasy super yacht, and then next day I'm sitting in the streets. So maybe maybe <laughs> I'll do something to try and get back the the that life, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. always fun because like it's a it's a way that you can add some continuity 
to your world where you just yeah. have people fall from power, gain back power, form coalitions, um, alliances between each other, and make their way uh, new people up being and down. assigned to old positions of power. How those people interact with your characters, um, having people get fired and other people taking their places. And having characters get a say in who replaces the corrupt or the uh, person that was just defeated um, makes the world feel alive and gives the players a feeling of accomplishment and that their actions have uh, consequences that shape the world around them. <laughs> I guess that does it for today. Um, I think so. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Realms. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tier stars lower as a dollar and even that much really helps us out. Support us to get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout with the other chat with the cast, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast. Join our Discord now, it's free. And you can send us an email at refwickpodcast at gmail.com Thanks for listening, folks. Adios! At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.